that day. I am Carl Hess. With me as always, Joel Miller. What up? Oh my what god. Up? Feeling good? Looking good? Yeah, no, all of these things that Carl's telling you are quite true. All he is the things. He is the the picture of health today. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with him. Oh my god. He's not wincing. It's been a long at weekend. All. It's been a long weekend, folks. You had a good eating weekend. Well, I was man. really healthy last week, so like then when the weekend hits, I was like, I'm going, I'm getting after it. You did go, you did go and get, gone and get after I it. I went and got after it. It's you, like, got a, you went and got after it. It was nice. Basically with me, that just means eating a lot of pizza and then I'm happy. You eat a lot of pizza. I, that's, that's the way I want to live my life. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that you, you're doing anything wrong with your life. I'm just saying you happen to eat a lot of pizza. The, the time. I feel like it's been like more recently in the well, last like six months. There's so much good pizza. Yeah. No, but it's, you just keep going back to Hail Mary and it's Cosa so Bona. It's so good. So you're just hitting, you're just hitting those two. Well, you know, they're near me. They're, they're, they've become go-tos. Carl doesn't really leave his like two by two I mile radius. I have a very set area of operations in which I feel comfortable and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the thing about L.A. You have to find the little pocket that you love because you're going to be spending most of your time there. I love all of it except for anything west of La Brea. <laughs> you are not going west of La Brea? That's, that's just too far for me. If that I'm, might as well be, like, in Orange County. If I'm going west of La Brea, there better be a, damn a, good reason. a delicious a free meal. Ass meal. I'll go west of La Brea for Cato. But you don't. But I don't. You've gone once. It's very hard to to mobilize. I've gone like six times. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You got me beat in that department. I do. I'm just a better person than you. It's fine. I, I mean, understand. you're you're in Koreatown. You have a lot of places immediately surrounding you. You're right next to Cassell's. I, I mean, I, I I am right next to Cassell's. I've been going. I've been going less frequently. Just been too busy, you know. Yeah, I'm you're move, a busy man. I'm busy. Busy man. Busy moving and shaking. Moving, moving and shaking. shaking uh, man, man about towning. Yeah, that's right. Making sandwiches for the masses, feeding the masses. I it's it's hard work. <laughs> I am I am exhausted by you, you're the a, people. You're a philanthropist, really. <laughs> yeah, honestly, where's my fucking prize? <laughs> where's my purple heart or Nobel Prize or whatever the fuck it is that you give for philanthropy? Uh, I I would award you I would award you a purple heart. You've been in the sandwich trenches for months now. Seriously. I've been in a sandwich foxhole. <laughs> months. <laughs> No end in sight. Uh, I'm, ba- I'm back to healthy this week, though. I, I, got, I got my fill of pizza. You know, it's a circle of life. It really is. Pizza, no pizza, back to pizza. It's, it's you know, it's, it's the ebb and flow. It's, it's nature. It, re- it truly, truly is. It, is. it is just nature. It's been good. A good eating weekend, though, I think, for us. We, we, happened, we happened to go to Baco Mercat mm. on and Saturday. And you know what? It had been a while. It's been a while. It always used to be a go-to favorite. It was where I would take people... From out of town, you know, where I would take a date on a nice. Do, do you feel like do you feel out. like the charm or the the uh, fanfare has waned? I I don't think so. I feel like every time I go there, it's like it's always it's solid. Yeah, it's always like good meal. It's a good, it was a good meal. And and actually, when we went, we were there during the day, and that was like the first time I'd had an actual baco, like the item. Oh yeah, like you know, because I'd go for dinner usually, and I'd never really you get, get a baco you get the plates, at dinner. Yeah. Get the plates, but the baco, that flatbread with the, with the oxtail. If it's not a pizza, he's not eating bread. It's yeah. really good. I mean, it's like very satisfying. It was extremely, and it's pretty and, big. And he was, you know, now it's like everyone's got the bread and then, you know, bread's hot and there's all these cool <laughs> bread guys. But like, I feel like when he introduced the baco, it was revolutionary. It really was. In its way. Yeah. It was like, what if you took a flatbread and put shit in it and made it a taco? I mean, a simple concept. And yet. <laughs> executed quite well. Executed I mean, it's that 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 bread is fucking good. No, yeah, it was nice. Good bottle of wine. Good, uh, good food. It's been it's been good. Yeah. Ate at the top of a mountain yesterday. Oh, did you snow, go snow snow everywhere? Did you go up to Mount Baldy? Went up to Mount Baldy. Took took my daughter and my wife, and we just went up the lifts and just just ha- literally went to just to hike and have lunch. What can you eat at the top of Mount Baldy? It's very simple. Like it's chili fries and burgers, salads. Uh, Pulled pork sandwiches. Like is it one, like what, what, is it one like would cup expect? Of, cup of chili. Like you're in a ski lodge. Yeah, essentially it's There's like exposed that. Exposed rafters and a deer head one, on the wall. One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. Everybody is just and everyone's like super happy there. It's great. You know, had a few beers, had a couple Stella Artois. Why is everybody super happy? Just because they're on the top of the mountain? Because they're not on the mountain. They're just having fun. They're super happy because they took the chairlift up and didn't do the eight hour hike to the top. Yeah, exactly. Like, we are smart. Yeah, they're quite smart. I actually saw on the chairlift up. I saw a, um, 
a couple de- de- uh, coming down, descending from the mountain. And I was like, God damn, that's insane. And it yeah. was just like beyond cold. It was like 30 degrees. And damn. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty cold, but it was that, fun. That's was brutal. Nice. Imagine you get to, you do an eight hour hike through 30 hour cold and then you're like, I die. You're like, I, I would just, pro- there's just chili die. fries. This is what makes me like so skeptical about things on Game of Thrones when it was like snowing and they would like cross <laughs> rivers in and then they'd be like, like you're dead now. You're, 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 you're dead. You're, you're dead. just a hundred percent dead. I mean, Sansa would not have been able to survive that long with Theon <laughs> in the snow crossing like sub zero fucking water temperature. As Game of Thrones is rapidly approaching, I think it's in May, right? No, April, April. It's in a month. We, we need to start gearing back up to change. Change this podcast back over to a mostly Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah, it is. Game of Game of Thrones, the podcast. Uh, I mean, it, it is very exciting. I feel like it's been out of my mind for a long time because there was such a long break. But now, that it's, now that it's coming back. It's, it's coming like, back, baby. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be gone before you know it. God damn it. I we, know. We have to savor it while it's here. I know. We really do. We truly, it's gonna truly be, do. It's going to be like, and it's over. I know. Fuck. God. It's gone forever. And then they'll be like, here's 20 spinoffs. <laughs> we literally have nothing else. Please. Please. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. I actually started watching, re-watching the first season. Or not the first season. The last season. I'm doing the same. Yeah. Just to like get myself. Just in, to get myself. In the in right it. mindset. Yeah. Also, something happened this weekend that I predicted on the last podcast when Marcella was nice enough to bring us those Girl Scout cookies. You ate all of them. <laughs> well, I think, Easily. I think on the last podcast I said... These are dangerous to have around the house. I'm going to come home drunk. And I'm going to eat these. And you did. And I did. And you did. Came home after having a few drinks. Having a couple cocktails. Right, but here's what I did. And I think this is pretty solid. So I had, I had them in the freezer so they wouldn't go bad. So I pull them out. And then I, there was ice cream in there as well. Oh, so I took oh, the little for, cookies. Oh, for the love of God, Carl. I put Carl. ice cream between them and I made mini ice cream sandwiches mm. with the sugar cookie ones and the Thin Mints. It was, it was really good. Wow. You I, went to sleep... Very happy, I'm sure. I can't believe no one's ever thought of that before. I mean, I feel like that was a genius move. Mini <laughs> ice cream sandwiches with yeah. frozen Girl Scout cookies. If you rolled on up to a party with those and a pizza, you'd be the mayor of party town. <laughs> it really worked well, especially the Thin Mints with vanilla ice cream in the middle. I mean, it was, it was fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I would uh, recommend anyone. That's my hot take. Hot take. This is your hot That's take. That's the best way to eat Girl Scout cookies: frozen and as many ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. All right. I can I can see that. I just don't eat a whole lot of Girl Scout cookies. We have we've had the same box of Thin Mints in my since that that Serena bought. I don't know how long ago. I need to get rid of them. They're a burden on the household. <laughs> Are they? Someone needs to eat them. <laughs> it's dangerous to have around. You should just put a box of cookies outside and says free cookies. I should. Like, that's the problem. See if with, someone takes them. That's the problem with problem with having junk food. It's like if it's there, but then instead you're of eat it, instead of cookies, old syringe. <laughs> Why? Because when they grab it, then they get stuck. And you never know what's in the syringe. No, these people need to take the cookies away from me. <laughs> I, they're doing me a service. I can't have this many cookies in my house. I'm clearly I'm a weak man. Fill the syringe with like liquefied cookies. God damn. I should I should just start fucking selling those mini ice cream sandwiches out the front of the house and make a million dollars. Uh yeah, I mean, sure. Sorry, I was checking my checking my text messages. <laughs> Joel gets distracted by texting. I well, it's because I have so many. So many you got so many balls in the air. I got balls in the air. We got a new Larmazoka uh, coffee machine. What are you today. doing with that old coffee machine? Well, it was there were some issues with it. It was getting backed Maybe up. Maybe you want to donate it to Yap HQ here so we can have an espresso machine in my dining room. That would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, for guests that come in there, what do you want? A cortado? You want a Gibraltar? Wouldn't that be great? Is that a Larmazoka? Yes, we spent thirty thousand dollars on you. I, th- I think that would take our podcast to the next level. Plus, we'd be way more caffeinated. We'd be like, what are we yelling about? What the fuck's going on? We, we, we have, we, we have that, school. and we have like three sandwiches from Conby, like out. And it's like, you guys are really, really Damn. good at this. Yeah, we really, can't yes, rely we on the guests to bring us shit. We need yeah. to start bringing shit for ourselves. Can you imagine when we get funded just how great this would be? It's just going to be party subs. <laughs> <laughs> the guests come in. There's just two massive party subs. I like, would love hey, that. Hey, grab a piece. No one's going to be, and they're, but they're old. It's the same party sub. <laughs> Right. From last week. <laughs> we just keep going till we finish it. Yeah. This is moldy. You'll eat it and you'll like it. God, Carl and Joel are hopped up on caffeine. They keep yelling at me to eat this old moldy sandwich. Dude, I'm hopped up on 7-Eleven caffeine right now, yeah, baby. Sure this, is my, this is my once once a week thing now. So you got a, so new, sad. You got a new espresso machine for the sandwich out. What, what are you doing machine. with the old one? Uh, they're taking it back. It's uh, We have like a contract, so we get 
a free one. You should be <laughs> like, uh, we lost it. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, 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 bandits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bandits came in. and Bandits. Uh, uh, espresso bandits came in. We tried to stop them. We couldn't, though. They were, they were very dedicated. And they had superhuman strength. They were all hopped up on caffeine. So you got the brand new, you got the brand new model. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. That's what I was just getting texted about by right. my top 10 guest, Dave Fernie. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to make some coffees from it. Can't wait to make my daily Americano. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting good at it. By the way, if you want a good coffee drink, go to GNB. Don't go to Stretto. <laughs> go to GNB. They know how to do it. But if GNB is too busy, come on down to Stretto. <laughs> Is this going to conflict with your 7-Eleven coffee lifestyle, though? Like, We've you're going to get this used before. to the high-end espresso. No, no, no. Uh, this this uh, 7-Eleven coffee is still the tastiest coffee I've ever had. Yeah, it's because it's, it's of the microwaving. It makes it good. It, you have the extra power. <laughs> yeah. It's like a superhuman. You charge it up yeah. in the microwave. This is, this is essentially like mountain, the Mountain Dew of coffee. A lot of people don't know this, but the chemical structure of caffeine has changed when you microwave it. It makes yeah, it even more powerful You guys and don't delicious. fucking know. I, wrote a, I, wrote a, I did research on this. I wrote a fucking thesis. That's what my thesis was for at, at University of Arizona Online <laughs> College in DeVry. I do want to mention uh, one thing that I ate this weekend. I went to Resi. The company is doing an off-menu week at a couple... Oh, LA that's right. area restaurants went to Friedman's and one of the off menu items was brisket sandwich always good delicious it, it was fucking great the thing is I've been to Friedman's a lot but I've never had their brisket because it's that large format brisket for like three people or more I feel like you're just making excuses right now. You definitely well, could have eaten it. I'm usually there with one other person. I've never really been there with you're a big group. You're two people when it comes to eating. Yeah, but then that's like the only thing you order. I always want to order a bunch of stuff. You get the brisket, that's like all you get. Then you just have leftovers. Take it home. Well, then let's go and get it. All right. But <laughs> I hadn't tried the brisket because of that. Right. And I got it in sandwich form. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking good. Well, there you go. You know I'm always on the lookout for good brisket. Mustache went into my mouth when I was drinking coffee. <laughs> Like this all is, the way in there. This is the fucking, <laughs> like, the hazards of having a beard that big. It's it's a mustache, You can, too, you yeah. can get a beard mustache hair in your mouth at any time. I've been doing no trip. The worst is, like, biting into a burger now or something like that. Something that requires, like... And you like, bite into and, your own mustache. And, 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 like, and it's just like, mmm, ow! <laughs> just, it's a two-pronged process. I have the mustache now, but I keep it really trimmed. Yours is really over the lip, and I feel like that's a hazard when it's it comes a, to eating. I like to have like a Flanders-style mustache. I want it to. I want no upper lip. You just lip. can't even see your mouth. I don't want. I don't want people to see my mouth. I don't. I don't think people need Dude, to be looking at my sexy mouth. Sexy Joel. I am. I am more than just a sex icon. <laughs> all right. I am a. I am a human man that is. I'm that a, is more I'm, than that. I'm a man. I'm not a slab of meat. <laughs> but with with the beard that bushy, I feel like it's dangerous. Like, like, let's say you're eating that delicious brisket sandwich, had cheese on it, super good, came with a Jew dipping sauce. It's juicy. You're taking a bite. You got brisket Jew and cheese all over your, all over your face. Carl, if you're not entering the danger zone every now and again, like, have you truly lived? You know, I'm a, I'm a, I am an, I'm an adult male. All right. I got to get in that zone. Plus the, the brisket juice just kind of seasons the beard. It, it really does. And then, and, and when I'm having, uh, having kisses with my wife. She's, she's just like, like what is that? She's like, your beard is, is glistening. It's so soft and, and fragrant. And, and salty it's and so, tasty. so meaty. And I'm like, that's right, You're baby. Like, Don't worry, that's just brisket juice making it good. <laughs> that's brisket juice mama. I mean, I, I shaved off the beard. I feel like I just, maybe I'm not, I'm not cut out for beard life. I think you are. I think a mustache suits you better, though. Yeah? I think you look very, very good with a mustache. Okay. You have the right... Facial frame for it. Okay, you know? like it, it's it, it suits you. It's proper. If this podcast is anything, it's us positively reinforcing our facial yeah. our facial hair choices. That's true friendship. Because sometimes, as a man in this crazy world, you're out there you're like, "What am I doing? I don't know. Am I trimming this? Am I cutting that? What am I doing?" But it's nice to have a friend. But it but it is true. Down. If you are a bearded bearded or mustachioed fellow out there, or lady, who knows? Yeah. It's a new era. Um, this is a very big part of eating now. Is Getting stuff all over your face right. and having the right person with you to tell you that you have something in your face. You have the wrong person with you. They're not going to tell you. You look like a fool. That's the worst, especially if it's like something stuck in your teeth. You're like with a group of friends and then like, you know, an hour, two hours after eating, someone's like, oh, you have like spinach in your, you're like, I've had this in my teeth for hours. Where are you? I thought you were my friend. That's one less person to invite to your Game of Thrones party. God. If someone did that to me, I would, I would just get them out of my life forever. 
Yeah. You need to let me know. No fake friends and no friends that don't tell you when you have shit sucking your yeah, teeth in 2019. Like, that's like fucked up. Like you're at dinner and like you're or you're at a you're at a baseball game. You're eating a hot dog and then you get a little mustard on your fuck in the on your on the side. And of your nobody mouth. tells you. And nobody tells you. You want to know why that's so upsetting? Because that mustard, even if you wipe it off, it stains. <laughs> it stains. You get mustard on your fingers. It's there for days. You've been walking around making an idiot out of yourself. You look like a fool. You're like Homer. Bart's teacher's name for Apple. I've been saying I've Crandall. I've been calling her Crandall. I've been making an idiot out. What did somebody tell me? <laughs> I love. I love that that uh, part. It's such a good joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the kind of friend that if your face is fucked up, I'm telling you about it immediately. 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 So just so you can take care of it. Yeah. And not even food. Just if your face is looking weird, like your face, <laughs> hey, your face looking weird right now. I need you to do just something like, about that go situation. Go check on that's that. Happening. You got a whole sitch happening here. Uh, like if your eyebrows are looking a little weird, like maybe they need a trim. I'm gonna let you know. That just reminds me of another Simpsons <laughs> where, where Milhouse's dad and Milhouse's mom, uh, Luann and Kirk, they come and he's like, "Sorry, we're late." <laughs> Luann doesn't want anyone to know that she doesn't have any eyebrows, and they're like super askew. I totally forgot about that joke. Oh, uh, that's the that's when they get divorced. So, yeah, the vet, that's like a really sad episode. Is that the can I borrow a feeling That's episode? the can I borrow a feeling Dude, episode. Dude, The Simpsons gets like dark. It wasn't that dark. The, the Simpsons gets the Simpsons can get dark and it's it's kind oh, of it, under it, the radar dark. It can, but like it's not like brutal. Brutal. Yeah, it's not like super fucking brutal. Um yeah. Is it time for the hot take hotline? I think it is time for the hot take hotline. Right. Um I'm sorry that we don't have music for the hot take hot hotline. Hot take hot that's not that's good. That's not good. That's not good. What at would all. the hot take hotline jingle be? It would be like like da 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 da. It's just a bunch of scat and then someone going, the hot take hotline Wait, with what's Carl the, and Joel. In the Simpsons, what's it? It's Skinner and the superintendent. Yeah, something like that. You're, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's like a late 1980s style yeah. like, like lead-in. A commercial jingle. Yeah, it's let's say. It's a hot take hotline. Yeah. Takes are hot. But maybe they're garbage. Uh, They'll tell you if they're not. Oh, hey, hey, okay, all right. I was, I was, I was, I was skeptical, and then you, and then you rhymed hot with not. I pulled it out. Yeah, and then, uh, and then we saved it. Uh, Podcast so, saved. As always, the hot take hotline can be reached at three two three three seven five forty eighty four. Call us, leave a hot food take, and we'll tell you if it's garbage or not. Um, we only got one this week. It looks like. Let me play it. Let me just move the mic here so we can all hear this fine take. Hey, Jessica here. Really excited to call in and uh, leave my hot take for some delicious uh, in-house cured meat. We're at Monty 52 in Highland Park. If you guys haven't been there, uh, it's the best. They do daily sandwiches. I know, I know. Sandwiches the new thing with you guys, but uh, they're really good, and they do all their own meat, so if you guys are looking, you know, for like a local meat store, just uh, throwing it out there. Love the podcast. Keep up good work, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Jessa, for calling in. Not really a hot take. Not just a, not a hot take. It is kind of like a, a hot recommendation. And I'm, I can't believe I've never talked about Monty. You have. You talked Haven't about I? their breakfast burrito. Jessica, have, have you just started listening? I feel like I've... I've this was m- like two weeks ago that you talked about... The, the breakfast burrito. The breakfast burrito, yeah. Okay. Well, we're talking breakfast maybe, burritos. You know, maybe Jessica missed that up. You can't... You know, we're all out here living busy lives. We are all uh, very, very, very busy men. Uh, you know and what? Women. I'm going to say... as It's not really a hot take, but I'm going to say non-garbage because she's fucking right. She is right. Monty 52, which if you don't know is a sandwich counter in the back of a uh, grocery store in Highland Park. I think, right. I think it's called La, La Tropical. I forget what the name of the, the grocery store is. But in the back Vons. is this amazing... It's not Vons. <laughs> that would be awesome. Whole Foods. I'm always like... if When I'm in Vons, I'm like, there should be a bar in here. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Whole Foods that has a bar, and you're like, there, this no, is good. When I was in... Well, there was one... It was in New York or whatever. It was specifically only a wine bar. Yeah, nothing else. It was just, it just and it had like cheese. It was like mignon, but way Dude, commercial. Any any fucking grocery establishment could be improved with the addition of wine bar. I've always said that. Pretty much any establishment. If I'm in a fucking IKEA and then I'm like, 
oh look behind the uh, the, the dressers there it's a wine bar I'm yeah. going over there I want more I want more secret I, I don't want more speakeasies I want secret wine bars these meatballs are dry I need to wash them down <laughs> with the fucking delicious gamay yeah fuck speakeasies we need more we need more in store wine bars that's my fucking that's our hot take for the week right there yeah. put wine bars in every business <laughs> wine bars everywhere uh, you're in Home Depot I'm looking for the plumbing set oh wait hold on let me just go uh, drink this for day ho really quickly <laughs> and then once my thirst is it's quenched, called sawdust <laughs> be like, sawdust yeah, wine you're bar you're just one of those home uh, like you know Home Depot guys with the vest he's pouring he's like here we, here we have a nice grassy find the sommelier you'll know him because he's wearing a purple vest yeah I mean, that can literally improve any business. Uh, right. But yeah. Secret wine bars everywhere. Monty 52 is kind of a secret sandwich bar, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, she said they cure their own meats. They do all their own meats. I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know what that means. But uh, I mean, if, if they're in there curing meat, more power to them. I mean, I, I, I want to look this up. I feel like... That would be well, a very difficult I know thing it's to do. By the chef who also owns the Park Restaurant here in Echo Park, which is a great restaurant. Um, oh, Josh! Yeah, Josh. Wait, he owns Monty Fifty. He does. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and and I when the park first opened, kind of before there was a much in this neighborhood, I was like a regular. That. Might have been the first restaurant, actually, that I was a real I, regular at. I really appreciate it because for about three years, he was doing this cooking competition for line cooks yes. called Top of the Line Cooking yeah. Competition that uh, f- several guests from this podcast, and including myself, have judged. And Would you it say was they're top 10 guests? No, they're all garbage. <laughs> no. Bottom 10 guests? No, no, no. They're all great. They're all great people. Um, yeah, Josh is a good dude. Yeah, he's a great. The he's park a great restaurant guy. is still fucking still hit. Pretty decent wine. Like I'm yeah. happy with him. A, a neighborhood gem. From a neighborhood way gem back. from way back. Yeah, yeah. Monty Fifty Two is super good, and their breakfast burrito is awesome. And last time I was there, I believe I got the roast beef. Did you? Which was it comes on a real nice Kaiser roll. You cheating on me now, Daddy? Nice horseradish. Mm. Hey, you're not the only sandwich game in town. You mm. know. Uh, I will say your cheese dip on the roast beef is a, a revolutionary move. Thank you. Uh, you know, you're, you're on the cutting edge of dipping meat sandwiches into cheese sauce. That's right. One might say a pioneer. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Sure. <laughs> keep coming. Keep, keep it coming, please. They're, they're actually, I mean, obviously in L.A. you have the French dip originated here. Everyone loves dipping sandwiches into jus. Yeah. But, but why aren't we dipping more sandwiches into cheese? Why aren't we just dipping more sandwiches into stuff? In general. Yeah. Everybody loves dipping a grilled cheese into a tomato soup. Dude. What if you were dipping a BLT into cheese sauce? Fried, chi- fried t- chicken sandwich into country gravy. Whoa. Whoa. Dipping really is a, a, a new I, frontier for sandwiches. Dipping? Dipping's great. That's hot tech number two for the show. More sandwiches <laughs> should be dipped, dipped into, into things. things. Come at me. Fight me. Come at me, bro. Uh, yeah, your your roast beef with the with the with the cheese sauce is really really solid. I gotta go to Monty Fifty Two now. Yeah, yeah, we gotta go there. I'll bring my own cheese sauce though. I'll be uh, like, oh, okay, yeah. If right. you're in Highland Park area or just or just passing through, I mean, it's also it's. I would say it's like a destination. And is you know it? what's good about it? That market has like a ton of really good beer, and I don't know if they have natural wine, but like a, a large selection of things to drink. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you can go in there, you can grab a six pack, grab a sandwich. I did it the other day when I was, I was hiking. I was on the way to a hike, stopped in, grab a breakfast burrito. Easy peasy. There you go. Uh, Get so, out there. Yeah. Highland Park. Thank you, Jessica, for calling in with that. Uh, even though I, I think I meant, I think I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it before. But you yes. did. You definitely did. I remember, I remember this. We were talking about, we were talking about breakfast. Burritos. You know, I'm always on the, I'm always like, I'm always like, where's, where do I get sandwiches? Sandwiches are like, where, it's where do you get sandwiches? Pizza. Yeah. I did go to Burgers Never Say Die recently. This is my first time. Ooh, first I have never went to Burgers Never Say Die before. Not when they were doing their pop-ups. There was no line, which is great. So for, get for out there. For those who are unaware, Burger Pop-Up Phenom, Burgers Never Say Die, I have opened a restaurant in Silver Lake. It is open to the public. And oui. it is open, I think, uh, most days. I don't know if they're open every day. They're not open Sunday, Monday. Okay. They're open Tuesday through Saturday so, from like 11 to 5. First impression? I, I It was good. It was very tasty. Um... There, it, to re, it reminded me of if McDonald's like had their shit together because it's exact yes. it's exact it's the exact same thing it's it's a thin patty mm-hmm. with two a, thin a, patty a, two two thin patties with a nice bun yeah and uh, ketchup mustard 
really small, like like yes. almost brunoise white the little, onions. The little sliced up white onions and pickles. Are what reminded me of McDonald's and pickles. Yeah, and that's pickles. it. That's, and that's exce- as that's the set for a standard cheeseburger hamburger from McDonald's. There's no lettuce, tomato, none of that. And you know what? I've always hated McDonald's, but I've always liked that combo of the yellow mustard, the ketchup, absolutely pickles, and the onions. It's absolutely, like you get like the you get like the the pickle, like the 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 mustard's got a little kick to it's, it. It's good, like you know, it's good uh, with like how small those onions are cut. It's yes. good. It has good coverage. Good, good, yeah, good onion coverage. coverage. Good the only thing I always area. had a problem with is like they put like a pickle in there. It's like one pickle. McDonald's. I mean, and burgers. I think it's two. They mm. they take a more Burger King I approach. I think I got like three. Oh, wow, they must have really liked you. <laughs> Breaking the bank for old Carl Hess. I really do like pickles. On I like I, I like it, and I think it's good. I I know they're using Martin's potato rolls. Classic. I, a classic. I think at eight dollars a pop. It might be a little much, but I also don't know what kind of beef they're using. I know they're using just regular like, American cheese, so I'm not sure. The, but you know what? It's not about its its value. And if you feel, if you take away like feeling happy, sure. I got two because I wanted to take. That's this their is, thing. Dude, Always I actually two. I got two. I never get two hamburgers. I'm shocked ever ever anywhere. I am shocked. And I was full. I was definitely full, and it was more than I want than I wanted to have. But I had to go take if their. I was there. Recommendation. I finish it. Well, I finished it. I ate both. Okay. You no, know, I ate both, and I had a few fries. Fries are really good. The Don't fries, sleep on the fries. You know what? They're beef tallow fries. Yeah. So this is exactly what McDonald's was, by the way. They they just took the what McDonald's was, and they're like, yeah, I'm just gonna do that in like from the 50s or whatever and 60s. I'm just gonna do it now. It's a great business model. I really like the potato roll and the amount of grease. Everything gets very squishy, but not in a bad way. It, and it has a crunch to it too. I feel like they're toasting their bun a lot, and they're and they're really getting those pat like w- at least one side yeah. of the patty super crispy. I mean, that is the appeal of those those small patties. You almost get like a lattice. You of know what crispiness. I was? The only thing I was disappointed by was like when I would see these pictures of burgers I never had before. It was like the beef like like was so big. It was like a flying saucer. You know, like the <laughs> bun was like smaller, and then like the beef like crispy edges were all out it was kind of like more compact it was kind of like all the same size and i was like all right you get you get good crispiness in there though it was good crispiness. i listen i was i was very very full and i was pleased with what i ate i will definitely go back because it's across from silver lake wine mm-hmm. so i did the bang bang with silver lake wine mm-hmm. we got about three bottles of wine Ooh. came back you know that's the move bring that's burgers the- never to say die into silver lake wine and drink a bottle in there i wonder if they'd let you do that probably probably yeah, they're, they're uh, nice they're nice folks they're silver good lake, people over at like silver lake wine silver lake wine rules and that is actually a perfect segue into our guests for the day because one of them used to work there our guests today are jasper dickinson and amy visti from Angelino Wine Company. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, hello. hello. Thanks for having us. Uh, just, it's a very exciting time for you guys right now and for wine in LA in general, because you guys just opened the first winery in Los Angeles since the early 1900s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's that true. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Angelino Wine Company, I've had your guys' wines and they're fucking great. So let me just start off by saying good job. <laughs> way, way to go really well you did done it. end of podcast that was it we just wanted to say good job the grapes help yeah. and now we can drop the mic <laughs> yeah exactly and we're out i mean there's probably so much that goes into opening a winery like where do you even start when you decide to do an undertaking that big oh we know exactly where we started we were at Barbrick's getting drunk on bottomless mimosas. As one does. As Perfect. one does. That's where all good ideas start, by but, the way. I mean, I, yeah, that, that's my opinion, <laughs> at least. Uh, and we thought, I thought, you know, let's, you want, you want to start a, because we were taught, we had talked about winery ideas and the concept, and, and I was working at Silver Lake Wine, Amy wanted to get into the wine business, and we just said, fuck it, let's open a winery. Damn, that is, that's like fucking, that's a bold move. Yeah, and unlike I, the 5,000 other things that we don't do when we're drunk, yeah. or right. say we're going to That's do. like a drunken plan that you actually, actually follow through yeah. on. Well, it's, I mean, it's we amazing. should open a winery, man. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. That's and then the next day you're like, yo, we opened a winery last night. <laughs> Shit, we got hammered. How drunk did we get last night? We opened a winery. We signed documents. <laughs> we signed a lease last night. We were hammered. That's what uh, that's what a bunch of cheap champagne and vitamin C yeah. will do. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean... Like finding, like even just finding the space, was it like with just everything kind of seems like a hurdle, one hurdle after another. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we actually spent almost three years looking for a space for our okay. winery. And so it wasn't oh. so spur of the moment. There was some yeah, groundwork. Yeah, the turnaround wasn't one day. <laughs> right. 
We woke up the next morning. Yeah, we're just like, keep drinking we mimosas. <laughs> keep drinking mimosas. We'll get this exactly. done eventually. No, we. Uh, yeah, that was. It was actually. It was. It was a lot of work. We. Uh, we. We put in 23 applications before our landlord, it was our 24th, said yes. Wow. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot you have to go through and um, a lot of zoning stuff and yeah. uh, I won't bore you with the details, but suffice to say, it was a lot of no's. We right. were left at the altar many times. Oh, you yeah. guys are making wine currently in your facility, which is in LA's Chinatown, yeah. kind of near where Major Domo is. The, the hot new area to be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it is now. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys, Highland Park Brewery opening there, and then Major Domo. It's like, yeah. everyone wants to be in North Chinatown, baby. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's right now you're manufacturing wine, but your tasting room that's going to be open to the public is not open yet. Is that correct? Yes, we are. We're shooting for the beginning of June to be open publicly. Um, but until then, we're, we're definitely doing, you know, private appointments. If people want to come in and taste, uh, we're doing, we've been doing birthday parties, fundraisers, anything we can do to get Ooh, people birthday in parties. the space and, uh, I don't and check any... out the line. <laughs> I mean, now I know where I'm having my next birthday party. Yeah, exactly. All right, if Fingers. I'm in there drinking wine and it's my birthday, can I stomp on grapes? That's all I want to know. Only if you do it during harvest. So okay. it depends when your birthday is. I saw some Instagram footage of people stomping on grapes. You're stomping grapes down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a thing. When's the grape stomping season? When's your birthday? Season? My birthday is November 28th. Oh. So I got, I got a little... Yeah, we could do ice you wine. You know what we could do? Yeah, we could do ice wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mine's in July. Does that change anything? Uh, come on down, man. Well, you know what? You, we'll we're just going we're gonna to go, go, go to Vons and buy some grapes, yeah. and you could just stomp on we'll them ceremonially. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll we all say Mazel Tov, and we'll move on. I drove by a Super A on the way to the winery, so I can pick yeah. up a bunch. I have never stomped grapes. Uh, it looks so fun, but I'm also very wary because the greatest viral internet video of all time oh, that's right. is oh, that reporter yeah. stomping grapes and then falling onto the ground. So, it's still one of the best videos ever, but ever since I saw that, I'm like, if I ever stomp grapes, I have to be very careful. You don't want to end up on the internet looking be, like a fool. You don't want to end up the next viral sensation. I mean, it seems dangerous, actually. Well, you have nothing to grab onto with your hands. Those were little tiny buckets. We that's have, uh, We have You've, one and a half ton... Uh, bins. But we also do hand people glasses of champagne we do. to get intoxicated. That is the only oh. rule. That is the only rule. If you're going to get in the bucket, you have to have a glass well, of champagne. Oh, Maybe no. There's no waiver, too. There is no waiver. There's going to be a waiver. <laughs> There's no waiver, by the way. The We're all getting sued. Just like, don't issues. fuck it up. Yeah. I like that the initial. Uh, impetus to start the winery came while you're drunk on champagne, and now you're actually making the wine yeah. while drunk on champagne. Full circle. Follow Full through. Circle. Yeah. yeah. I think I could excel at grape stomping. Is there a certain technique that you guys have to just, is, is it like really hard steps or slow, ponderous, stronger <laughs> steps? Is it about frequency? Is it about strength? What are, what are the techniques we're looking at? Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. It's all, all of, of the things. above. You have to go really fast and really hard the entire time while drinking champagne. I think drinking champagne is the most important part of the equation. Yes. Just like the grapes can feel it. Barefoot you're not drinking. in a wine barrel holding a flute of champagne. That's where I want to be. That's, that's the picture we like to paint. God damn. The, <laughs> the romantic picture of being a winemaker. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty hard, it's pretty hard to beat, huh? <laughs> hey, Amy, you came from a non-wine world into the wine world with the opening of this. And Jasper, your, your family were, were wine people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of coming at it with different things. Like, Amy, as, as someone who came from non-wine professional into it, is there anything that you were like, this is better than I thought? You're like, where's all the romance? This is all hard work. Or did you come in with a different set of expectations because you were coming from a non-wine background? Yeah, so I, I still actually uh, am in doing my non-wine stuff. Right. Uh, so I work in uh, healthcare field still. So you have two jobs. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, it f having gone through all of the, you know, like the, going to school and, you know, learning about wine, ultimately I came down to making wine is just the most fun thing on earth. There you go. Um, and I, I'm not kidding. Like, it's just the best way to spend time. Um, it's hard and it's we you know it's lifting a bunch of shit and moving a bunch of shit and drinking a bunch of beer and um i like how most winemaking is fueled by like drinking a massive yeah, amount of beer. It, takes a, it takes a lot of beer to make wine it takes a lot of beer to make wine there yeah but no it's it's it really is the best way to spend time every time that we're in the cellar i'm just i'm the happiest i can be damn yeah. that is such a ringing endorsement yeah. i don't think i can say yeah. that about anything that i love i'm like i love stand-up comedy but most of the time i fucking hate it <laughs> <laughs> there's no, I, 
That's great to have something in your life that you love so unreservedly and unabashedly, though. It's like, damn. The champagne in beer helps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The champagne of beers? Are you just drinking high life? <laughs> how many, how many, how many beers does yeah. it take to make a case of wine? How many beers? <laughs> Fair amount. So yeah. we have one, we actually yeah, have one, say. we have one rule, literally one rule in the winery. What is it? Jasper? It's that we never turn down beer. If people offer to bring beer to the winery. Wow. We did it once, we had a fridge, so we have our little backup fridge, which yeah. just, during harvest, is just full of beer instead of actual wine to sell and pour for people. Right. Uh, and we had it full of beer once, and a friend, and there's, we're like, there's no way we're gonna drink all this beer. Our friend was like, hey, can, we, can I bring a six pack, and I bring a 12 pack over, da, da. Like, no, don't worry about it. We have right. a fridge We got plenty of beer. We got plenty of plenty beer. Of and then you ran out there. of beer, and, and you were like, this is a disaster. We can't <laughs> make, everybody stop making wine. We're out of beer. There's a big red button that you have to Burr, push, and everything shut stops. It down. <laughs> shut it the fuck down. It's, it's, it's kind of like that, except <laughs> that all happens inside your head. Right, right. You know there's no beer left, and you're like, well, what the hell? You I'm internalize the pain. That's so funny. Um, so now people are like, can we bring, yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! You In can fact, you have to. Yeah. Is there a beer you will not drink? No. Any beer will do. Yes. Michelob yeah. Ultra. And whatever. Doesn't matter. Just fucking bring it. Just, Ice cold is good. Just fucking bring Michelob it. Michelob Ultra is actually great because if you're drinking like 10 beers over the course of the day, you don't want all those carbs. Michelob Ultra. It's going to keep you lean. It's going to keep you mean. It's going to keep you a stomping I'm, machine. My bachelor party, we all the first place we all went, we all got beers. Everyone got beer, and, and you got Michelob Ultra. Trying to watch his carbs. And I was, I was like, come on, man. That's not the point. That's not the point of the weekend. It's, right? it's still getting you drunk. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I'll take my carbs through wine and pizza, and that's where I want my carbs to come through. Right, well, I respect that. I respect that. You would do great in a winery. I feel like I feel like I could excel in a winery. Can I can I come stomp some grapes? Yes, but yes, just it maybe can't be not in November. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your guys' fruit is from Los Angeles County. Yeah. Everything. You have a guy who uh, grows your fruit for you. Got a grape guy. Tell us about tell us about this guy. You gotta have a good grape guy. You, you gotta, gotta have, have a, a guy. Grape. You gotta yeah. have a guy. So so our so Alexander our the Grape, if you will. <laughs> what, what, one of the so the main grower that we work with, his name is Juan Alonso. Right. And shout out to Juan. Shout out to Juan. If you guys, if anyone listening to this podcast has ever been out to the Agua Dulce area, he owns a restaurant there called La Chin on the old Sierra Highway. Ooh. Oh, wow. He's Spanish. Up the 14, he baby. Up, up the 14. He was trained as a French chef, uh, and he has this, this restaurant that's an amazing old school French restaurant. Like, you're, you're driving down the highway there, uh, and you expect to see maybe a nice little, like, boutique uh, meth lab or uh, shooting range. <laughs> I only and, get and my meth there. from boutique oh, ones. It's small it. batch production it's, meth. <laughs> fair trade. It's very good. It's done by hand. <laughs> and, artisanal. Uh, it's artisanal, artisanal methamphetamine. Artisanal. Low intervention. Yeah. <laughs> no, never mind. Yeah. Very high, high intervention, intervention meth. Technically unsustainable, but the vibe is there. <laughs> uh, and so, and, and then all of a sudden, you're, you see this brick chateau coming out of nowhere. And it's just this little place, it's his restaurant, and then around there is where the vineyards are. And a fun fact is Steven Spielberg's first movie called Duel was filmed right outside the restaurant. Damn. And where the, where the What's the restaurant are. called again? It's called La Chine. L-E-C-H-E-N-E. Exclusive Agua Dulce restaurant racks right here on Yelling About That Day. You're not going to get this anywhere else, folks. I wish I knew that when I was stuck in Santa Clarita, like... Fucking two weeks. So ago. that's that's only like forty five minutes north. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're, you're we're, you're working with fruit exclusively grown in LA County. Yes. Yeah. And we, we there is a little bit of fruit that we also source from a friend of ours uh, named Marcus Bokish that's up in Lodi. Okay. But the production, the the most of our production and the focus is local LA area vineyards. And are you guys the only winery right now that's using fruit exclusively from LA County? No, there are there are a few different people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, f- a friend of ours named Mark Blatty, uh, who he gets a little bit of fruit from Paso, but his, his focus too is LA County. He gets a lot of fruit from the high desert, uh, as well as some of the fruit that, that we get from Juan as well, um, uh, called uh, uh, Blatty, uh, Blatty Wines. His stuff is really, really good. Shout out to him. Uh, another, I've had those wines. They're delicious. Yeah, they're they're really really cool. Uh, and uh, for another friend of ours named uh, Patrick Cavaletti, he he's in Ventura and focuses on Ventura vineyards, but he also gets some fruit from LA as well. Damn, you guys are kind of like leading the charge of like a new generation of winemakers right here. 
that's that's kind of the dream is to you know get more people to want to inspire more people to want to open uh, you know just like we have small urban wineries in the city here there's tons of them in in San Diego there's tons in San Francisco in the Bay Area mm. uh, going up into to, to Portland and Seattle you have that culture but winemaking commercially it started here in LA and we really want to bring this kind of culture back like there is a, a micro brew scene and there's different distilleries we want there to be a, a conversation in the wine scene since LA is such an enthusiastic killer wine market yeah it's a little known fact that there used to be over 200 winemakers in downtown LA so what happened to this yeah. like tradition of Los yeah. Angeles winemaking yeah so it was kind of this I mean they got they got really screwed it was sort of this trifecta of, of terrible things that happened to them they had uh, this vine they ran out of beer they ran out the of great beer. beer shortage of 1896 right, exactly. no beer to be found right Heights Deli you know closes winery had to shut down exactly. all across LA yeah. no mimosas yeah no mimosas <laughs> um, yeah so it was just this combination it was this uh uh, this vine disease that's still a problem with, F with vineyards. Philorexia? Uh, actually, phylloxera. But this was one that's actually uh, called Pierce's disease. Oh, Back wow. then it was called Anaheim disease. So uh, take that as you will. Anaheim disease is a totally different it's name. It's a totally now. different totally name. Different, yeah. Yeah, call that Pierce's disease now. And then, of course, prohibition. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Sure. Heard then. of it. Heard of it. Yeah. Uh, so oh, that part of fucking oh, that. prohibition. Yeah. Thanks a lot, J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not ideal. And then, uh, and then just kind of urbanization. The land became worth more as you know, roads and buildings right, and so. stuff. So, yeah. So you know, for us, it's not it's not weird that we're making wine in LA using locally grown LA fruit. What's weird is that there's not you know 199 others of us because all of California winemaking started. So in here. like 50 years, when there's all kinds of a vibrant urban winemaking scene in LA, they're gonna look back and be like it was all Jasper and Amy. They're right. fucking legends. Right. Legend has it they were so drunk off mimosas they signed a lease. I want someone to talk about me that way, like start the conversation with legend has it. Legend, legend has it. We're like, Joel was drunk one night and saw a pot of cheese and was like, what if I what dip if? this roast beef yeah. sandwich in it? I just always want to be like, what if? Right. You know? You're a sandwich dipping pioneer. You guys are urban wine pioneers. We all have our parts to play. <laughs> you know? Uh, damn. I mean, that's like, that's so exciting. Uh, just in terms of, you know, the craft beer scene was huge. Obviously, L.A. is on the come up as the most exciting dining city in the country. And then yeah. finally, there's kind of like a local wine scene that's commensurate with these other scenes. And that's as exciting and vibrant as everything else across the board culinarily and beverage wise. So it's kind of like you're bringing the local wine scene up to the level that everything else is at. Yeah, it's super fun. And like like Jasper was saying, I mean, we, we don't have our tasting room open yet, but we absolutely love having people over. Like yeah. people are curious. I mean, this this little winery. I'm going to show up with so much beer. I'm going to show up with yes. a keg. Yes. If you're listening right now. <laughs> Pilsner's Roll, great. Rolling lagers. a keg in there. I'm going to roll a fucking dolly in and just be like, keg stance now. Beer bongs, keg stance, kegger, kegger beer blast, stein hoist. <laughs> yeah, it's like winemaking's like the stone cutters. It's like, we have a long day ahead of us out at the winery keggers steinhoys <laughs> beer blast yeah keg stands we gotta it's, get on it's everything gotta start at 8 a.m to drink all this beer perfect we're in <laughs> <laughs> what what are some of the things what are like some of the unforeseen challenges that you just have no idea like to expect that now that you've opened this thing you're like ah crap I didn't realize I was going to see Jasper every day. Oh, no. Every day. Internal tension. <laughs> tearing the winery apart. I thought I'd see him every other day. Um, I don't know. What else? Um, I think that's kind of it, right? Yeah. I, yeah for, I mean, I, I feel like there, we, the, the whole project, everything, we've done with no money like on right. a shoestring budget you guys did a kickstarter we really get the money and then you bought a forklift a kickstarter then we got a forklift proud to have donated to said kickstarter I, so i'm partial owner of that. Know, i'm a shareholder in that forklift okay <laughs> i think we owe you people. it was like five dollars <laughs> that he gave and he's like here I you think go i gave like 50 bucks i never give <laughs> wow i never give a t-shirt i don't think i got a t-shirt huh. well, well we'll talk about oh, we'll yeah, talk yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah, later yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that's fucking so cool though and obviously like the cool thing about kickstarting it's like that's just like a tangible representation of like however how like everybody believes in you and how much people are like want to see this succeed it was incredibly humbling painfully humbling. i mean you yeah. raised like forty thousand dollars pretty yeah. close yeah damn that's insane yeah. our goal was was 25 um what if you were just like uh that winery was a joke we're going to mexico and then, like, <laughs> ah the long con paid off 
We might have crossed our mind. Once right, we exactly. to, they went to Via just to get fucked no, up. No, no. Uh, we actually used all of this to buy beer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> there is no winery. This was a long time. We now own a majority stakehold in Michelob Ultra. <laughs> it's great. But yeah, I mean, it was it was honestly, it was extremely humbling, the amount of people that that, that, that came out uh, to donate, like like yourself and, and, and people that we... I'm a philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> you know You're me. a giver. I'm a man about town. A true nurturer. Uh, and yeah, I mean, they're just like family members and people that we hadn't talked to for 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 for, for decades. Some some people and, and seen like, and, and Uncle and, Rick, here you go, kid. Yeah, I know I yes. ran away when you were five. <laughs> I mean, but no, here's seriously. twenty bucks for the what, forklift or whatever the yeah. hell it is. Seriously, I mean, they weren't named Rick, I don't think, but but there was but <laughs> right. but that scenario. Strange cousins. Exactly. Yeah. Friends from no. elementary school oh, that I yes. unfriended. Your dad's secret yeah. family. Yes. What? Like it was, Thank you. Yeah, it was really intense, and just like we we were just so so grateful that it was yeah it was an amazing process, and that was I didn't think either of us knew how emotional that was gonna be. Yeah, yeah that is emotional because exactly. everyone's like it's the most tangible form of support, and it's just like everybody wants you to succeed, man. Yeah. yeah. But you're also you're like you you know you want to do the I'm not worthy right. we're not worthy you right. know some people it's like you know so and so just yeah. donated a thousand you're right bucks. it's a lot of pressure you can't yeah. fuck it up fuck yeah yes exactly no exactly it was uh, yeah and we also we did the Kickstarter campaign right as harvest was starting and uh, <laughs> we. We actually really needed the money to buy equipment. <laughs> like, so we, we can't were make like, wine it otherwise. We, we were, no bullshit. It was no bullshit. So we literally were like, we really need tanks. And like the and harvest was, I mean, harvest, you know, the grapes tell you when they're ready, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't get to pick. When is harvest usually in terms of the month? Uh, it's August uh, through October. August through October. And so you're looking for a balance in the in the fruit itself. Like this is the perfect time to pick this grape. Right. If you even wait you're a couple of You're smelling it. You're holding it close and closing your eyes ex- and breathing deeply. Ex- exactly. It's whispering to you. Yeah. No, not yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, I'll let you know. You're feeling it. You're, you're caressing you the grapes for plumpness. You can't, you can't rush exactly. progress. You can't, you can't taste them, right? It's like, it's, it's not a taste thing. You don't taste a oh, wine grape. It is. It is. You do? Yeah. 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 So you pop it in like, your mouth and you're like, needs yeah. uh, two more days. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're, and you're yeah, doing you're, adjust. You're doing readings too. You have little, you know, gadgets that can okay. tell you where it is with the sugar. But, but you know, we're watching the grapes get closer and closer, and we don't have our permit in our space. Oh boy. And we don't have, you know, the equipment yet from Kickstarter. Um, so you're like, we don't even have a forklift. We don't yeah. even have a forklift, yeah. and there is literally no way to. How are we going to get all the beer into our warehouse? Exactly. We don't have a forklift. Exactly. There's literally no way to bring. <laughs> All that beer into the winery. That's what we are super worried about. Um, but yeah, I mean, we it all came together in like a couple of days. Damn. Right before harvest started. It was, yeah, it was all insanity. The permit, we didn't have the permit yet. Damn. We it got was, our ABC permit after we, we were just wrapping up and loading up the vans from our first pick of, of harvest. Wow. It, yeah. I mean, we, like, to what, what Amy was saying, just to give you guys a picture, like, everything was coming to a head. It was, it was insanity. We were getting all of our permits, getting the equipment in. Doing the Kickstarter, starting the wine club, getting the equipment in, Fuck. everything. Getting was the beer happening. fridge. Getting and this is our t- first harvest in yeah. this space where we have very minimal equipment. We're doing everything by hand. And I think those first few months, like every night, I don't know if you know this, every night when I would You would cry. Home, She's I would, like, I know. No, I, know. I, would, I would just be vomiting, <laughs> trying not to vomit, like in my mouth, yeah. just nervous. Well, there's so much. There's so yeah. much at stake. Everything. And you're like, I just got, we're just going to fucking keep going, just push yeah. it, just every day, just hustle, hustle, hustle. And somehow it worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Joel, round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> really pulled it the fuck off. So impressive. I mean, when someone makes an award-winning documentary about this 20 years from now, because <laughs> yeah. you guys are LA Wine Pioneers, you're going to tell this story. You're going to be all old and on camera like, you don't even fucking understand. We didn't even have the license when I picked up the fruit in the van, man. <laughs> that's, it's, that's great, though. It's why like, a, like Vietnam vets? Yeah. Why is like everything when it comes like, oh, like you don't know, you weren't there. You smoke it. We lost a lot of good grapes out there, man. <laughs> you don't fucking know, you weren't there. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, though, because it's like, you know, everybody loves an underdog story. And uh, you've, you guys have really pulled it off in a spectacular fashion. Well, it's because we had people like you helping yeah. us out, you know, and I, people yeah. supporting. And I mean, the only reason we could do any of this shit is because all the people around yeah. us. Like, it's not just us. It's, it's everybody. Shout out to out. me for being a philanthropist. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I think that outpouring of support, like I said, shows how much people want you to succeed. But it also kind of shows that there is so much desire for 
a revitalized local wine scene. It's like yeah. everybody who cares about wine wants this. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, it's like LA should be making as much good wine as any other part of California. Yeah. You know, and there's no reason that it shouldn't. And and the interesting thing, like reading about you know the, the guy's history like your history that you have on the website is that like you were saying la did have a vibrant winemaking culture and it's like we're bringing it back mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of that full circle yeah. you know what's super fun is when people come in for tastings i think a lot of times people's expectations are super low when they hear that, <laughs> that yeah like they're gonna try la wines right like i think most people are like oh my god it tastes like that. a little bit of sewer water so exactly, and right. uh, yeah, welches where, where do you grow this the la river what's going on exactly here? exactly <laughs> and so it's just it's so fun just to go through the tasting and, and so people are like taste it and they're like oh this is actually pretty good and you're like fuck you well you'd be surprised a lot of people come in and they don't realize that the wine is from la like they know yeah. we're making it in la right. but then we tell right. them you know these grapes are actually coming from a, a little vineyard 40 minutes north of here in la county and some people are like oh that's cool right right and some people are like oh shit. right you know? and some <laughs> people are like are you, you doing a keg right? stand right exactly. now and you're like don't worry about it bro you're like it's fine um, but I think what's so great is that, you know, we, we do very, very non-interventionist winemaking. Sure. Yeah. Um, Na- and so wine. if the wines are, are good and people are enjoying them, it's because the fruit is good. Yeah. Like you don't have to do much. What varietals are we, good. are we talking about right yeah, now? Yeah. So it's mostly Spanish varietals. Okay. Um, so Juan, that Jasper, uh, Jasper was talking about earlier, he came from uh, Galicia, Spain. Galicia. And he planted all of these, these uh, Spanish varietals uh, awesome. in the 90s. And kind of over the, the last you know, few decades, it's been kind of propagating them and moving them across this vineyard. So it's these really cool Spanish varieties, some a little more well-known, like maybe Grenache or Tempranillo. Yeah. And then these other varietals that are a little less known, like Trechadura, Godeo, Ludero. So... People come on in, they're going to try something they've probably never had before. That's fucking Super awesome. Beyond yeah. just the LA area, because that guy brought those Galician varietals and has been doing that since the 90s, you guys might be the only winemaker in the country or anywhere outside of Galicia that are making some of those varietals, right? I mean, it's rare. We haven't yeah. seen, we haven't seen them. There, there's, you know, you can find them. It's not like impossible to find, but yeah, certainly in downtown LA. Where yeah, the I mean, some of, yeah, some of those grapes I haven't seen anywhere in California. I mean, doesn't mean they're, they're not they're somewhere, not exist, but yeah. I haven't, I, I've so never good. seen them. And they're so good. So let's just say they're yes. So good, yeah. <laughs> we are the only ones outside Galicia. <laughs> Before he was in partnership with you guys, what was uh, Juan Alonso doing with all that fruit? Yeah, so he was um, he was making some of the wine for himself, and he was selling some of the. Yeah, fruit he's just like, I'm drinking all this. Yeah, yeah that's for me. No, it's yeah, no. He well, he would, he would sell it through his restaurant. Oh, um, right. And there was another guy. So how we got in touch with Juan is when when I, I first started working at Silver Lake Wine in 2008. Shout out to Silver Lake Wine. Shout out to Silver Lake Wine. Yeah. And uh, and in 2008, there was a guy named Ed Pagor who was this older gentleman who had this small warehouse winery in Camarillo, and he was making Tanat, which is a, a, a one of the grapes that Juan grows mm-hmm. and one of our, our babies. Um, and I tried it. I thought, wow, this is amazing that somebody is making Tanat in California, let alone here in LA County. And that was always in the back of my mind. And then when me and Amy started focusing on Angelino and, and getting local vineyards and fruit in 2015, um, I wanted to get in touch with him and I, had, I was kind of cleaning the back room at Silver Lake Wine uh, over the holidays one year, found a little note with Ed Pagor's phone number on it, gave him a call and said, hey, where did you get that Tanat from? And he's like, oh, that, that's Juan Alonzo. You guys should go and meet him. And that's awesome. We met him and we, we got all of, bought all of his Tanat that year. Uh, and then the next year, 16, 17, 18, and then now 19, we, we farm about 95% of the fruit with him and oh, take wow. most of the most of the crop. And the Tanat is one that you can get in the bucket and stomp around. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just want to be like, I just want my feet to be stained with wine. That's like my picture of the good yeah. life. I'm just like, feet stained with wine. And we want our wine stained with your feet. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Tainted. Um, so going forward, a lot of exciting stuff in the works. Obviously, your guy's next big thing is opening your tasting room to the public. Yeah, yeah. If, building and safety. If you're listening, uh, help. Plan, help. plan check is on. Shout our, out to building and safety. <laughs> shout out to Los Angeles building and safety department. <laughs> shout out to Rodney plan and building and safety. Out. Rodney, please come yeah. by. We got beer for you, bud. Exactly. We got beer for you. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, when it comes to doing anything with the city, there's a lot of red tape. But like, are you guys on your way? And and you have a target Seriously, date? If building and safety is listening. <laughs> I cannot. I can, this, this is enough. enough. Please. Plan ah. check. Plan check is on March 11th, I think. So. Um, March 11th. 
Okay, so we'll that's see. that's rapidly we'll coming yeah. up. It's it's a it's a whole process. I mean, we we have to go through a, a ton of permits, and the city has not permitted a winery, uh, you know, right. ever. Right. Uh, yeah, right. So. There's, there's a lot that they, you know, they have to figure out. There's not yeah. a template. They don't have a winery guy. They don't have a winery guy. They don't have guide. a winery inspector. They, they don't even have a winery guide. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you have to go through this. Maybe you don't. And so we're just hoping for the best. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're, we're pretty good, though. We've gotten most, most all of, of our it, permits. Yeah. Right, right now, it's just getting stuff finalized so we can start the construction. Right, they're like, the guy driving that forklift looks hammered. He's actually drinking a beer right now. <laughs> uh, trust me, that's an industry standard. Don't, don't, don't worry. I wonder, you can that's... get a DUI on a forklift <laughs> yeah. if you are driving it yeah. in the streets and are DUI? drunk on beer. Can you get a DUI in a building <laughs> driving inside a warehouse? I certainly hope not. <laughs> OSHA, if you're listening. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you guys just made your first skin contact wine, is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so... Tell us about that. So the, the skin contact wine, what we did, we actually did it with a, a, a blend of these different Galician varietals. Okay. So it's Trechadura, it's Laurero, Godeo, and Albarino. Those are just fun to say. Trechadura. They're they fun to say. Fun to say, fun to drink. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, so we just, we just fermented them on the skins, and they're now, it's now aging, settling out in barrel. We'll probably, uh, probably bottle that maybe in July or so, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that, out of all the wines aging in barrel, that one has developed and changed the most. Oh, I'm uh, so excited to drink that. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's tasting really good. And it's, 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 it's fun because with, uh, with that wine, at least when it, we first pressed it off and it was done fermenting, it was really astringent because you're just not, you know, it's, it's, it's getting all these different uh, characters from sitting on the skins and, and you, you first drink and you're like, oh, man, that is intense. What did we do? Right. <laughs> and then after a while, after a few months, it just starts softening and softening and softening and all these other uh, kind of aromas and flavors are coming out. And I think it's just going to be a very beautiful wine. That's really got to be the coolest part of like making your own mm. wine, like watching that journey of it, like yeah, yeah. in the barrel and then you taste it and you're like, I don't know. And then like you taste it a little bit later, you're like, hell yeah. It's all <laughs> no, it, coming together. It is. It's, it's awesome. It's like, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of like just watching uh, like, kids grow up you know like you you don't you don't want to my children the way we my do sweet yeah, astringent yeah. children <laughs> now you are delicious <laughs> that's so exciting yeah, fuck yeah. i mean uh i can't wait to drink it yeah i cannot wait to try that i will wine. i will abs- i will 100% be yeah drinking really it. enjoyed all your guys wine that super loom white yeah uh, that yeah, was all galician varietals that was the same from the same and then you drinks, guys yeah. made that uh that angelino nouveau yeah, that was really good. That was, so yeah, the, the Nouveau was the first wine fully made and, and bottled in the uh, in the new space. Damn, they're good. And, uh, Twenty years from now in that documentary, they're gonna get a nice tight <laughs> shot of that. This is where it all began. <laughs> well, guys, congrats on fucking everything. It's a really exciting time for you guys and wine in and for general us and to for drink LA. wine and, and for us grapes and dr- and bring oh. you beer. I'm excited to bring you beer. What's your guys' favorite? Me what's too. your guys' favorite beer to drink in the warehouse? If you had anything, to choose, I know you can drink anything. <laughs> Probably Pacifico. Okay. Yeah. Kind of the gold standard. Victoria. Right, okay. just, a nice Mexican lager. Mexican, Mexican, Mexican lager. Nice Mexican lager. The thing is, like, when you're, when you're making wine, as Amy was saying earlier, it's just a lot, like, especially during harvest, it's just a lot of physical labor. And right. Pressure. Like, we don't have any fancy fancy equipment, so it's it's definitely No cerveza, so no trabajo. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And That's how so that shit works. We just like crushing the most lightest, refreshing, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like a Michelob Ultra. Yeah, yeah, make yeah. Make culture all day long. Do, do they secretly fund the uh, podcast? Here? <laughs> Dude, if they did, we would have would one more so mic and one more mic. Maybe you should, should look so into much. that. I will drink so much Michael Bolter <laughs> if they give us money. Uh, so t- let's see. Tell the public where they can find you. You can find you at angelinowine.com. Yes, yeah. Angelino spelled A N G E L E N O wine. Com. And there's a little form on there that you fill out. Yeah, you have a wine us. club. We have a, you, we have a wine club, absolutely. Uh, the wine club is really fun because our super, I mean, everything we do is right. super small production, yeah. but they're super, super you small You get a free six stuff. pack and free grape exactly, stomp there. You exactly. can come in at any time and, and you, just stomp. And you can. You are, yeah, our, our wine club members really sustain everything we're doing. Um, and they're uh, just a really beautiful Shout group out to of, the members. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a group of enthusiasts and people who want to support it. It's, it's great. But anyway, that super small production stuff. A lot of times goes right to wine club, but yeah, on the form, um, on the online, there's, yeah, you can fill it out. Tell us when you want to come. That actually just goes straight to my email. Yeah. Boom. So I usually respond within an hour. Great. And, it's nice. uh, super, super easy. easy. Yeah. It's the easiest thing. We're happy to have groups as small as one 
person and we can get up to groups is 40 in there pretty comfortably. Yeah. And uh, you guys are on Instagram as well, just Angelino Wine. Yeah. At yeah, Angelino Wine. Wine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, exciting things to come. Follow them, get on the mailing list as well. So you don't yeah, miss definitely. any of these great updates. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at YapPod. We're also on Twitter. Um, you can follow Joel at Joel David Miller. That's you right. can follow me at Carl Hess. Um, and of course, you know, our, uh, our mailbox is open, yap42069 at gmail.com. Maturity. Send us, a, <laughs> send us an email. Uh, get on the iTunes. You know, leave us a rating and review. It and give really us a phone helps. call. Give us a goddamn phone and call. And as always, the Hot Take Hotline is open, 323-375-4084. Leave a food hot take. We will tell you if it's garbage or not garbage. Uh, b- before we go, I wanted, before we started recording, you mentioned what you call Stomping the Grapes in winemaker parlance oh yeah we call it getting in the bucket yeah get in, get the, in, bucket. in, in the, bucket. the bucket so yeah so the that would be a great name for a wine podcast by the way get, get in, in the, the bucket. bucket get in the bucket with amy and jasper yeah wine making's all about crushing beers bro you know what it is welcome to another episode the most, of get in the bucket uh, most aggressive podcast known <laughs> well, to man see, and i'm i'm a i'm a vegetarian so i'm always yelling at pate <laughs> <laughs> boom Done! Done! Exclamation point on the episode. Now you can drop the mic. Well, thank you guys for joining (laughs) us. It's been a goddamn pleasure. (laughs) I cannot wait to crush some moderately priced Mexican lager with you. That's right. And get in that fucking bucket. Let's do it. Um, Everybody out there, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Go eat something fucking delicious.